Good afternoon, America. How is everyone doing today? I hope everyone is doing exceedingly well. I know I am, and I'd like to welcome you all back to another episode of The Sea Report for Tuesday, May 25th, 2021. I am your host, Mr. C, and uh, I hope you guys are ready for everything that I have in store for you today. Now, um, before we get into the show, I just do want to apologize for not being on the air yesterday, at least not in uh, person, not live streaming, as, as we would say, in the business or whatever kind of nest this is. Uh, but yeah, so uh, we did ha- I did have the uh, episode, yesterday was episode number 82, and that aired on the podcast stream. So for anyone who's interested, I believe I dropped a link in the chat room over at the Foxhole app. What are we running live on today? We are running live on the Foxhole app. We are at the Twitch account, and we're also on DLive. So, uh, yeah, great thing. <laughs> this is the first time we're running the C report over on DLive, so we'll see how that goes. I don't know. Uh, it seems to be a pretty friendly area to be in, uh, at least, you know, as per, you know, um, different types of content. So that's all good and well for me. Now, also here um, we have, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I believe I dropped the link in the chat over at the Foxhole for the Anchor account. Now, the whole thing about that is if anyone is interested in like seeing the sea report or listening to the sea report, I should say, um, I will always have the episodes posting there um, whenever I'm not live, visually speaking. So, you know, say like something goes out in my systems or say like I, I just can't get on the air that day um, to simulcast or to do this in a live stream fashion. Well, then you can always go to my anchor.fm account and catch the podcast version of it there. And uh, the sound quality is actually a lot better than it is on the live streams, but, you know, it's all good and well. So anyways, so uh, definitely make sure you check out the anchor.fm account. Uh, It should be in the chat. I'm not sure because I'm not looking at it, but I did drop it there prior to the show starting. Now, uh, full disclosure, full disclosure, I do make a little bit of money off of the anchor.fm account, the podcast account, for uh, an ad that I run, uh, basically advertising anchor.fm. It's kind of lame, but you know, I might get like, maybe 10 cents every time that ad runs through. So in case you're wondering what that's all about, well, that's what that is all about. Anyways, so yeah, like I was saying, oh, and another thing I would say, um, the links that I have posted in the Foxhole app, those links are all active and ready to go. I would uh, recommend if you'd like to check it out, definitely check out the Rumble account. Now, there's not a whole lot on there right now, but I'm fixing to drop every episode of the Sea Report on my Rumble account. And I'll probably add in maybe a few little things here and there in case anyone would like to check that out. So um, visit my Rumble, and if you have a Rumble, um, I will soon have every episode of the Sea Report dropping on there. And uh, we're at like, what, today's episode number 83. So there'll be quite a bit of content on there for anyone who uh, would like to peruse or has nothing to do <laughs> than, uh, you know, maybe listen to like some podcast or hear some old news. Uh, I've been doing the Sea Report since February 2nd. I've done it every single day, every single day, Monday through Friday since February 2nd. So yesterday was actually kind of a nice day off. I guess I kind of had like 
like a three-day weekend um, from doing the news, but uh, I guess not because I still ended up dropping it in my Anchor.fm account. So again, if you'd like to hear yesterday's episode for the Sea Report, episode number 82, uh, we cover Maricopa, we talk a bit about Trump and some other things definitely hop over to my anchor.fm account. Now, in case it's not in chat, um, it is anchor.fm slash the X podcast. That's T-H-E-E-X podcast. And then I would definitely encourage anyone to subscribe or follow. I don't really know the terms, but, uh, or if you'd like, you can also hear it on any podcast station or platform that you'd like to listen to. Uh, the C Report comes out on multiple podcasts, uh, everything from the Track to I podcast and Spotify and all the way down to like Himalaya and Blueberry and Streaker and Breaker and all that other stuff. So uh, definitely, or I think it's Streaker. So definitely check that out in case I'm never not, I'm Ever not live on the air doing this in a live way you can always catch the sea report there and of course your uh, follows and subscribes are always appreciated it's free to subscribe on on that by the way it's not like it's a paid subscription or anything like that it just means that you'll get notifications of when I drop another episode so anyways just want to throw that out there at the bunch um, we're on D live today uh, because as luck would have it, <laughs> I uh, just got put into the YouTube jail uh, once again um, for the Friday episode that we did uh, where I um, had the watch party for the Trump interview at OAN. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, they went ahead and said that uh, that post violated their, uh, uh, I don't know, terms and conditions, uh, their their uh, community guidelines because it was seen as spam scam and misinformation. So, um, of course, you know, we all appeal to them, um, if we like, bother wasting our time with it. And, uh, I, I mean, I basically told them, uh, that, uh, they were, uh, censoring me and that they were violating my first amendment, right? I mean, who wouldn't say that to them, right? Of course, that's, that's our typical response. Uh, and I told them that I would move forward with litigation, um, or sue them basically, uh, because we have protection here in Texas from that, thanks to our Governor Abbott and uh, some of the representatives up in uh, North Texas near Dallas, who got all that stuff situated. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I just told them, you know, they're not a publisher. You can't censor me. You're violating my First Amendment right. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll sue. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. If you're watching this and no one's watching this on YouTube. Anyways, okay, so that's why we're over on DLive today. And we'll go ahead and let that ride. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that takes care of the um, the housekeeping, as we like to say here at the Sea Report. And uh, yes, everyone at the Foxhole app, it is good to see you too. Just popping in for another episode. All right, guys. So Trump leads at the Sea Report. So let's go ahead and get that rolling. Uh, we did have a series of statements that came out. Uh, he he dropped quite a bit in the past day and a half or so. Now, yesterday we did have some we did have some interesting statements that we uh, perused through, of course, because Trump always leads here. But uh, we'll get to that in particular later. I just love it when his statements kind of segue into the rest of the of uh, the show. So, all right, let's start with the first statement that I'm going to share with you guys today. Stop me if you've heard this one. 
or don't. Uh, this one says, uh, let's see here. What do you have to say here? All right. President Trump says new United States COVID cases because of the record breaking development of the vaccine and its early purchase and distribution by the Trump administration has hit its lowest level in more than one year and falling fast. I want to thank all within the Trump administration who pushed so hard for a vaccine and got it done in less than nine months when everybody was saying it would take at least three to five years and probably not happen. Without the vaccine, the world would be a much different place right now. Thank you all to the U.S. military for its incredible distribution and logistical planning. Operation Warp Speed and our decision to purchase billions of dollars of vaccine before it was even approved has been one of the greatest miracles of the ages, according to many. Thank you. You just gotta know that a statement like that is gonna send everybody into a tizzy. Everyone's panties are gonna get into a wad because he's uh, he's pushing vaccines. Um, truth is, I have no idea what this man is thinking and I'm not gonna pretend to know. And, and you know, I trust, I trust him like I trust my gut until the day I don't trust him. Well, that day has yet to come. Uh, I like to take people at 100% here at the Sea Report, and it's up to you to stay at 100% because that's the way I live my life. And uh, yeah, so, I mean, we'll see what happens. Uh, if you ask me here, Trump is just reclaiming his intellectual property because after all, the vaccines, uh, the way he made it happen and Operation Warp Speed was all a product of that man or his administration or the apparatus behind him. It was all a product of their design. And uh, there's no reason why people like illegitimate Joe should be trying to take advantage of that. And uh, I don't know, we'll see. Um, we will see, most definitely. All right, let's move back to another statement from President Trump. It says, Now everybody is agreeing that I was right when I very clearly early on called Wuhan as the source of COVID-19, sometimes referred to as the China virus. To me, it was obvious from the beginning, but I was badly criticized as usual. Now they are all saying he was right. Thank you. And thank you, Mr. President. Uh, if anyone caught Dan Bongino's interview with Trump, I thought it was a meh kind of... Uh, to me, it seemed like an afterthought, but I talked more about it yesterday on um, on yesterday's episode of The Sea Report. We aired the entire... We aired the entire interview. It was all but about 11 minutes long. Uh, it was really like an afterthought. And I mean, really, I think it's obviously because he just had his new show, new time slot, new radio thing launched. And he wanted President Trump to be his first guest on his first episode. So, you know, it's all good. It's all good. You know, I still uh, respect the man for his honesty, uh, Mr. Dan Bongino, at least out front. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, so, um, he had said at the beginning of that, uh, of that, uh, of that, um, interview, uh, uh, I guess he was talking about Wuhan and, uh, how it was potentially released from a lab and, uh, President Trump, well, well, he summarily corrected him right when he got on air, kind of confused poor Bongino. Um, but, uh, he was saying, no, it, it potentially it's, it's probably most likely did come from a lab, you know, uh, uh far be it from, um, potential. 
So anyways, yeah, uh, that, and you know, there's a lot of breaking news on that. Um, we're not covering that solely here at the Sea Report. We might be able to at some point, uh, but we do cover COVID from time to time. Um, but um, a lot of stuff, you know, uh, from, um, and some people even dropped uh, some of that news across my desk in regard to, uh, you know, um, uh, them uh, uh, funding the Wuhan project and, you know, all the things with Fauci and stuff like that. There's a lot of good stuff going out there. Um, but, you know, that's just not the focus I have in the time span I'm working with right now. But we'll see how it goes in the future. Um, we'll see how it goes. All right. Our next statement from President Trump. OK, so this one was in regards to, you know, basically when you get people like and I'm surprised, honestly, that uh, Joe Scarborough didn't have a hissy fit earlier than he did now in regard to what's going on. Uh, and it all has to do with this election audit. Like they're all getting scared, you know, like Maddow cried whenever, you know, Trump was elected and stuff like that. Like they're all, I mean, and they have every reason to be, I mean, people may not remember or know that Joe Scarborough was actually a member of Congress. He does actually have some, um, ah, skeletons in his closet. Um, you know, um, some that might have accidentally died, um, at his hands, but hey, no one ever pursued that, so I guess that's not anything we need to talk about right now. All right, long view, guys, long view. Been in the game for a minute. Crazy Joe Scarborough and his blood curdling psycho wife? Question mark. <laughs> Mika are going crazy because their ratings have absolutely tanked. They are wrong too often and always predictable. They were right about me in 2016, but I did better in the 2020 election with 12 million more votes. Stay tuned. Ooh, stay tuned for what, Mr. President? That's what I would really like to know. All right, we won't land. We won't stay with them too long. Let's go ahead and get to that next statement. A new Ipsos Reuters poll beliefs among Republicans shows 53% believe Donald Trump is the true president. I always knew America was smart. Ha! That's a pretty good statement there. 2020 election was tainted, 56%. The election was stolen and rigged, 61%. Wowzers, guys, that says a lot. You see, there's a whole lot more than 3% of people awake and ready for the storm, standing together to organize a revolutionary movement. A whole lot more. If you're thinking we're waiting for the 3%, to get going, I mean, maybe you're waiting for the 3% of people to pick up a gun and go shoot a liberal, and maybe that's, but no, uh, I mean, with at least almost a third of America awake and the whole world, I would say it's probably um, yeah, a little bit more than 3% at this point who are awake, or maybe it was 3% of government workers and people in the military that they needed awake to stand together to organize a revolutionary movement, but as a whole... The awakening is great, and it is here, guys. So uh, that's a pretty great statement there. 53% of Republicans, um, and I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, they polled Republicans, obviously. I mean, or not, they polled Republicans specifically, or maybe they did. I guess to get that number on Republicans specifically, they would have to poll just Republicans. Uh, but I mean, I think even though a lot of people are not, who are not conservative, Republican, libertarian, constitutional, whatever, you know, uh, middle of right or middle of center, I mean, right of center, uh, those uh, groups are, um, uh, those aside from that don't really follow Trump, but I still think that they are waking up 
regardless of whether or not they supported president number 45. Um, the election was tainted, 56%. The election was stolen, 61%. Now, how is it that 61% that the election was stolen, but only 56% believe that the election was tainted? I think that's a very interesting uh, poll question and figure right there. Um, but clearly, um, the majority of people, at least in the Republican Party, believe that. And that is a fact you can take to the bank unless Reuters is lying. Hmm. I know they haven't been um, too reliable in the past, but I guess we'll see. All right, let's get on to our next statement. Arizona Republican state senators are engendering such tremendous respect, even adoration, for the great job they are doing on the forensic audit of the 2020 presidential election scam. Um, oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> I didn't even raise this. Our country is watching as early public reports are indicating a disaster far greater than anyone had thought possible for Arizona voters. I would have to definitely agree with that. I mean, we're not going to actually touch on Maricopa County too much today. Uh, towards the end of the program, we'll talk a little bit about Arizona. But um, we, we definitely went into it yesterday. Uh, since, since you may not have seen that episode, um, you could still hear it, though. Um, uh, we were talking about how um, the, uh, the Maricopa County attorney uh, sent over a letter to the Senate, uh, basically saying they were going to sue them for defamation because um, they claimed that they declared that the uh, the uh, the data had been deleted. So um, that was pretty interesting. Of course, you know, um, you can go check out yesterday's episode over at the podcast. Or if you'd like, if you're in my discord, I did drop uh, some of the links to those articles um, over there for you guys to peruse at your own free time. All right, let's go to our final statement. Now, yesterday, we did read this statement yesterday on the program um, during the show over at our podcast, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, read it again because this is uh, going to pertain directly to what we'll be talking about today on the show. New Hampshire's election audit has revealed that large-scale voting machines appear to count non-existing votes. State and local communities are seeking confirmation. It's probably true, but we'll soon know. Why aren't minority leader Mitch McConnell and Republicans doing anything about what went on in the 2020 election? How can the Democrats be allowed to get away with this? It will go down as the crime of the century. Other states like Arizona, Georgia, where a judge just granted a motion to unseal and inspect ballots from the 2020 election, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and more to follow. Yes, sirree, Bob. So we're seeing all of this happening. And let's not forget Ohio and also Wisconsin are going to be in the mix. Now, Ohio's got stuff with the voting machines going down that we'll report on soon. And then, of course, Wisconsin, they have the Zuckerbucks all tied into, you know, their um, the way that they ran their election, as well as representatives from Zuckerbucks, uh, Zuckerbucks, <laughs> from um, um, that Zucker guy from Facebook, from his uh, from one of his organizations that were actually found to possibly be running the elections in the Wisconsin Five, that scandal breaking soon. But yeah, so already we have what? That's like what? 
New Hampshire, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, um, Ohio, Arizona. Did I say Arizona? That's six to seven states already, already guys. And uh, what they're saying that possibly um, California, New York, and Texas could soon join the foray. So we'll see what happens on that end, guys. I mean, after all, all 50 states in the union um, were touched by this election fraud. So I don't see why not. Uh, I don't think that they'll have to audit all 50 states in order for them to make a decision about how they're going to move forward with this um, fraud. But most definitely, maybe two or three states, once those are completed, I think they can start making some decisions, especially when those electoral votes start to vanish. Um, of course, uh, if electoral votes vanish for illegitimate Joe and um, President Trump did not get uh, the electoral count during that original, you can't really say, you can't really say, well, since illegitimate Joe didn't get these electoral votes, we can award them to Trump. I mean, because if everything was touched by fraud, uh, we, we don't really know for sure how many of those are going to go to Trump. So it wouldn't put him over the mark per se, but it could be enough to trigger another election or something like that. Or who knows? We don't know. We'll figure out how it goes. I'm not going to pre pretend to know anything about that. I just report on the headlines I read. Okay, guys, let's go ahead and get into the meat of it. We are going to... Do, oh, wait. <laughs> what is Mr. Trump doing back on my screen? We're going straight over into the state of New Hampshire, guys, because we've had a lot of developments going on in New Hampshire now. As you know, we've talked about it on the Sea Report. It's probably been a good week and a half since we've done a pretty square and full session on the Sea Report in regards to what's going on over there in Wyndham, New Hampshire. Uh, we know that they were fighting to get um, uh, Joe Von Pulitzer's uh, um, forensic auditing over there in New Hampshire. Now, it seems at this point that they have not been successful about that. But what people may not realize is that they've been auditing in New Hampshire pretty much since that time. Uh, the audit started over there on May 11th. So, ooh, goodness, guys, what time is it? We're almost two weeks behind. We're almost two weeks behind on what's going on in New Hampshire, and they're almost done. They are looking to be finished with their audit on May 27th. That is in a couple of days' time, basically. And uh, we're going to go ahead and recap that entire audit here because what did we have? We had, um, what was it, Mark Lindman and two other yahoos who are associated with verified voting are, are very left-leaning individuals. Of course, Mark Lindman, as we may recall, had already signed his name to a statement pleading with Maricopa County not to pursue a forensic audit. Uh, he must have known that uh, if it happens somewhere, it's going to eventually trickle out to other places. So he was asking them not to do it. He was saying it shouldn't be done. Um, so we'll go ahead and recap some of what's going on in New Hampshire. We got a lot of juice for you on this one, guys. Okay, so like I said, the New Hampshire audit in Wyndham, uh, they were trying to get Jovan in there. We saw how the people of the town went over to a town, uh, town hall meeting um, and the selectmen of the town essentially treated them like they were nothing and that they had no right to question their decision with whom they had selected, the selectmen, to audit you know, do an audit or perform a forensic audit in Wyndham County. So they get three shady characters in there, three individuals who uh, obviously have a bias. Interestingly enough, because it is um, 
it is uh how you say it is uh it is it is actually being televised <laughs> like they have a live stream set up over there in new hampshire just like arizona does and has anyone seen that information or footage well we're going to show it to you today on the sea report so you can go ahead and take a sneak peek and you can uh uh be a peeping tom all you'd like on what's going over there in new hampshire in fact now that i think about it i don't even think i pulled up the website so let me go ahead and get that underway while i'm talking um okay so that's going on in new hampshire now some of the interesting developments are coming out of this interestingly enough or is it interesting enough anyway some of the interesting developments that are coming out of this is that even though they have three biased auditors working on this audit everything's kind of coming up roses like uh they're finding that the ballot counts are off they're finding that the machines are actually not dependable so um it's it's looking like it's looking like it might be a good thing that's going on there or maybe it's because they're all working underneath uh this whole um uh, transparent transparency clause i guess is what you could call it um and in, under this they have to they're on film like they cannot get away with doing any shenanigans everything's being monitored pretty closely so even if these people had tried to pull a bias move and maybe jeopardize something or sabotage something they have not been able to get away with it now something did occur and we'll get into that just in a moment but uh to be sure um the reason why in case people are curious or don't know the reason why this audit kicked off to begin with, I swear, like, talk about hubris and ego getting in the way and tripping people up. So the reason why this audit was triggered in Wyndham, New Hampshire, of course, there was this miscounting between ballots and what was reported on the machines, right? That was that was the obvious. But what got that ball rolling was that there was a Democrat House candidate by the name of Christy St. Laurent, who was, I guess she was supposed to win that night. I guess she was as confident as Hillary Clinton was during the 2016 election. And um, she ends up losing by a margin of 24 votes. And when that happened, of course, in, you know, good old liberal Democrat fashion, she threw a hissy fit. <laughs> and she demanded that they do a recount of that election. So when that happened, when that happened, it was discovered that Christy Saint Laurent did not, in fact, lose by 24 votes. She lost by 420 votes. Whoa! So, obviously, when that happened, they kind of had to do... Uh, and that's why they, they did two other recounts, or that was their version of an audit, whenever that went down. So, um, and, and that was much to their chagrin, I'm sure, of all of the other people who won elections in New Hampshire, because now, because Christy St. Laurent had to be the winner, I guess, because she was probably promised it. Uh, I guess maybe 24 extra people showed up in her precinct or her county and, or, or her, yeah, her, her district than she was expecting. Um, yeah, that, that kind of put a foot in her mouth. She pantsed herself and she pants the rest of these people who are running this scheme, treasonous scheme, I might add, on the American people. So I just cut a kick out of that to be sure. All right. So uh, it says Christy St. Laurent's initial total had been overcounted by 99 votes. It ended up being 420. It's initial. It's initial. And that was crazy, guys. But yeah, so that's what uh, that's what started this whole thing in New Hampshire. 
Now, moving forward, uh, from Uncovered DC, we had an article, Wyndham, New Hampshire updates. Now, there is a lot of stuff that was going on there. And of course, Dominion still has its presence there via its representatives. And we'll talk about the main representative who's down there right now. Makes no sense why someone who owns the company of the machines being audited is allowed onto the auditing room floor. But that is something that's happening there also. Now, uh, Uncovered DC did say that um, it has been reporting, of course, since March. Uh, we touched on um, the New Hampshire here starting at the seaport around uh, the mid-April. Um, but we also had, because uh, a lot of this information, again, all of this information will be dropped in my Discord post-show for anyone who'd like. Now, the name of the auditors that the selectmen had, Harry Hursty, Mark Lindman, and Philip Stark. Now, those are the three individuals auditing. Now, it's a very small auditing room floor. It's being done in some type of, uh, you know, uh, um, government complex, official type complex. Um, and let's see here. Of course, we did see a video of um, uh, voter integrity advocates, um, Mr. Eyring, and uh, others in the Wyndham community who are concerned, and they're also keeping a close eye on what's going on, including um, one Senator, Bob Guida, who's also been an advocate for the integrity of his elections and calling out uh, the uh, Deputy Attorney General over there, and, uh, and, and also questioning the Attorney General because they want to make sure that they're getting a thorough forensic audit, especially since... The selectmen of Wyndham decided not to listen to the uh, citizens and constituents in their town. Now, that's a runaway city or town council, if you ask me, by any means. Now, uh, there's been an investigative reporter by the name of Heather Mullins, who reports for Real America's Voice News. And she's had a rundown. She's been there every day this week. Uh, I, sorry, um, I apologize. Since the start of this audit. Now, on the 12th of May, she had reported that um, there were approximately 10,000 ballots that were being scanned through four Wyndham voting machines. And the team showed the inside of the black boxes um, and that the machines would be placed um, to ensure that they are empty before the proceeding. So they are doing they're doing a whole forensic things, too. They're 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 reviewing the ballots. They're watching them. I mean, obviously, nothing is organized and at the scope of what we're seeing over in Maricopa County. But uh, they're reviewing the ballots physicality. They're reviewing the machines physicality. They're reviewing the technology and the software of the machines. They're doing they're going through all of those processes. Again, like I said, nowhere near the scope of what's going on in Maricopa County. But then again, they only have 10,000 ballots, not 2.1 million ballots. So I guess that's understandable. It says the four voting machines um, that they're used are being opened and each of them contains a maintenance or an access log inside the machine and that there was a mix-up between the binders for machine number one and machine number three. But other than that, each machine also contained a seal um, where they're reading the corresponding number. So they have the seals on the machines and the seals on the binders to make sure they gets all put into its proper place. Um, it also talks about how there's an entry port for an access log within the machine um, and that that is missing. So they're, they're looking at all of this stuff too as well. They're not, uh, they're not missing any beat. Uh, now, we also had other reports. And again, most of this is coming from um, Heather Mullins, who's been there on the ground. Um, they're live streaming. They live streamed the ballots and the voting machines that went down over. OK, so this is interesting. On the 13th of May, which was last Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, OK, 
the 13th as in probably it was after midnight. Okay, so because uh, my word was, uh, was on Wednesday, so it's probably Wednesday night going to Thursday morning. Now, this whole process in Wyndham County has been on live stream 24 hours a day since it started. Now, at some point on Wednesday, the 13th to the 14th, the cameras went off for about an hour and a half to two hours. So they're trying to figure out what that was all about. Um, but in the meantime, they had decided to go ahead and reinspect the machines on the cameras to see if they had been tampered with. So they, they need to make sure that these machines have been tampered with. Again, this happened also when the Deputy um, um, Secretary of State, I apologize, Attorney General, went in there. Um, and this was, this was when, uh, before the audit started, obviously when, uh, the cameras went out in the room where the ballots were being secured, uh, uh hypotheses there, bunny ears. Uh, and then what happens is, um, the cameras go back on an hour later or so. And all of a sudden there's 27 boxes instead of 23 boxes, according to the chain of custody ballots that they had for those, so, huh, what's going on with that? So I think they should really be looking at this, uh, this, um, this assistant attorney general, deputy attorney general, however the, the title is, I'll get it right here in a second, uh, to see what she, what's up with her. Cause she seems like she's a pretty shady character. And, uh, these, these types of, um, uh, MOs just seem to repeat in pattern. Now they did say also that there was a rear entry port at the back of the machines that should have a seal on it. And that's just to make sure that there's no, uh, there's no type of, um, they're not messing with the machines in any way. Well, two of the four machines were not completely affixed to that machine. So the seal had been basically, I guess, probably removed and then put back on. And they are um, told that those ports are supposed to have the wires cut by law force by law for security purposes. And the seals were double checked um, on the 13th since the live stream was cut out during the night. So a little bit of shady business there, but other than that, not too much to report on that front. Um, otherwise, uh, Heather Mullins reported that the audit team was being very transparent. Uh, impeccable were the words that she used, but that there were still no explanations for why the live stream dropped for about 90 minutes and the live stream vendor, because of that mishap, was replaced. So they got rid of whomever was doing that live streaming, got rid of them, they brought in someone new who would approve. And uh, they also noted that the seals were still not affixed and that the access logs and the signatures were missing from the binders. So there's, you know, there's a couple of things that they're being uh, concerned about there, obviously. Now, getting back into Uncover DC's report, um, they are talking about how after the live stream was discovered um, of the audit, which was supposed to be a 24 operation going offline for about two hours, everyone started turning their attention to the attorney general's office uh, to raise questions because, I mean, obviously, how can you move forward with this kind of shady business going on now? It's the assistant attorney general, Anne Edwards. She's the one that went into the secured ballot area when it went down for an hour or so initially. She's the one who's um, kind of like, I guess, uh, uh, gaming this thing. And she's also been in contact quite um, frequently with a man by the name of Jeff Silvestro. Now, Jeff Silvestro, he's the president of uh, the company that um, provided or sold these machines to Wyndham, New Hampshire. Um, the name of that company is LHS 
Associates Incorporated. Uh, that's a copy of their little banner there on the window for, on the screen for you guys. Now, LHS and Associates. Now, uh, Jeff Silvestro and uh, this Ann Edwards, assistant AG, uh, apparently they're, they're um, talking with each other a whole bunch during this entire process, but no one knows why this man is there. And no one knows who invited him to the audit. My guess would be it was assistant AG Ann Edwards who invited him to his audit. But just so you guys can know a little bit about LHS Associates Incorporated, uh, from their website, it says, LHS Associates was founded in 1972 in Andover, Massachusetts, as Lynn Haas Services, uh, and they began providing computer-based services to municipalities in the area of voter lists, tax billing services, jury lists, and similar products. Over time, our business, their business, has evolved to the point where they are now almost exclusively an election service company. Uh, it goes on to say, they have become the largest provider of election services in the northeastern United States, serving more than 750 towns, cities, counties, and unions throughout New England and New York. Um, their growth can be attributed to one major factor, their excellent customer service. And I, it's like, I wonder what customer they're serving, right? And their employees pride themselves on providing the highest level of service in a timely manner. So if you need that vote flip, you can always depend on LHS Associates Incorporated. It says, for more than 20 years, LHS marketed the highly regarded AccuVote tabulating system, which is now under fire, actually, because I think... I feel like we had AccuVote down in Texas too at some point. It says we have they have more than 4000 AccuVote systems installed and will continue to support the AccuVote well into the future. It says their latest voting solution is the ImageCast line of products by Dominion Voting Systems. Those products are among the most advanced technologies on the market today. And in addition to election tabulating equipment, they also offer a full line of election-related accessories, including tabulator supplies, voting booths, ballot bags, crowd control products, and much, much more. Um, so it's interesting to note this LHS Voting Incorporated system. Those voting machines are not only used in New Hampshire, they are also used in Vermont, Maine, Massachusetts, and Connecticut. So again, why is the man who's president of this company present <laughs> on the auditing floor in, uh, in Wyndham, New Hampshire? Why is the person who's having their own the business, the company that's having their, uh, their machines audited, why are they present during this audit? What is the purpose of that? That's some shady business right there. I call shenanigans. He needs to not be there. I mean, it, it just that just makes absolutely no sense. But again, A.G. Edwards and uh, this verified voting crew, apparently they're all good with that. Now, um, uh, aside from that, uh, let's see what else we had going on there. On the 21st, uh, it was reported that they completed the hand recount. And what they had to say about that is that the numbers of the ballots from the hand recount very closely match the hand recounts numbers that they did on November 12th. So the Wyndham voting machine election results have been confirmed 
to be unreliable. Because don't forget, between the voting machines and the hand recount, they had huge discrepancies. Don't forget, uh, uh, this Christy Saint Laurent won by, uh, lost by 420 votes when... The machine said it was only 24 votes. So um, because those two recounts, the, the original recount and the one that was performed during this audit occurred, it is most likely that these machines are not reliable. But wait, there's more. OK, let's keep on moving. Um, OK, so it also says here that the town officials started using folding machines on the absentee ballots that they would mail out. So, you know, instead of hand folding them, because apparently they have to be folded a certain and specific way. Well, they had machines doing this. And now we'll talk about that because a lot of this was actually dropped in the last couple of days, this information regarding these folding machines. Now, if you really want to find the smoking gun for Wyndham, New Hampshire, this is a pretty good smoking gun coming up here. Now, this would also implicate that since they're using the folding machines in the absentee ballot mail-out process for Wyndham, that the entire state might be implicated having these machines um, and any other races where folds went through. Um, now, the Wyndham, um, the Wyndham um, uh, audit team did several test scans and they revealed that folds through the bubbles on the ballots were being counted as votes or blank votes. So again, here, with the way that the, the paper were being folded, it was affecting the way that the machines would count or not count the ballot. So um, there's another little piece of that. I mean, if anything, it's not proving it's this this piece of evidence doesn't go to show malfeasance. Obviously, what it does go to show is the lack of reliability in the voting machines LHS Associates Incorporated and Dominion Services provided to the town of Wyndham and apparently to the greater Northeast over in the United States of America. It was reported in one scan of 75 Folded marked test ballots, only 28% of those ballots um, were counted. So that's a huge, a huge difference, as you know, some would say. Um, the Palmieri report had uh, some more information on this in regards to the fold effect, which is now what it's being called. Um, and that fold effect presented enough discrepancies um, that it could be going on all over the Northeast. Um, it said auditors in Wyndham, New Hampshire, were testing if folds in ballots impacted the vote count machines and how that would uh, that re would result. Wyndham auditors say that the fold effect might explain the discrepancies, but there could be more going on. Now, here's an image. Let me go ahead and expand that with you guys for what they're talking about. Now, this is one of the types of ballots that uh, they're they're talking about. Now, obviously, this isn't a ballot. Uh, this would be like um, the numbers, uh, the, the number receipt and all the votes that come out thereafter. But then these are run through machines as well to tally them up. So um, this is one example of it. We're seeing here of a folded ballot. It says the fold effect is large enough to account for discrepancies, but it might not be all that's going on. 75 folded ballots voted straight Republicans, only 48 recorded for them. Folds generate overnote overvotes, and this machine used on election day for most absentee ballots. Uh, the Wyndham auditors saw that several test scans revealed that folds through bubbles on ballots are being counted as votes or blank votes, 
And as we said, there was only a 28% margin on 75 votes casted. So let me go ahead and play a little bit of video for you here, guys. Um, so you can see, uh, they talk about a little bit about this more, probably better than I'm explaining it. So let me go ahead and play that for you. I believe this is something which is easy to mitigate. Don't hold the paper through an oval. So just to, just for calibration, the rate at which this would have needed to happen in the actual election to produce the 300 vote discrepancy is a lower rate than we are observing. It was only about 16% for... Uh, Okay, not too good audio there, but don't worry, guys, I got another video I can show you all. Now, this one is of an actual ballot, um, and they're talking about how the fold goes through the bubble and how that affects uh, the way the machine counts the vote. So let's go ahead and roll that one real quick. You can see where the fold actually goes below the line. So in the same down here, see this side's higher than this side. So this raised fold from a vote, like a machine, and then this one, that that machine behind that black knapsack mm -hmm. is from the DMV donated it to automatically fold their ballots. Machinery doesn't fold on a straight line. It just grabs and folds. So it's just diagonal. You can see that this is an example of it being diagonal. The gentleman, they spoke about that earlier this morning. In here, it's very clear. You can see it's below the line. In here, it's above the line. So this is just an example. So is this where it was supposed to be? These little yes, tiny exactly. indentations? Yes, that's how it comes from the printer, is this is where they should be folded. But when they use the machine folding, it just pulls it in and does its thing. It doesn't look for that. So you can see here, Christy Saint Laurent folded right over her bubble. So it counted that as a vote. Um, and it's supposed to be, there's a perforated line right here where they're supposed to fold it, but the voting machines, it's interesting how that works, right? I'm like, did they calibrate these machines to do that? Or what's up with that? But anyhow. So this is just an example to illustrate what they were talking about. You can see Okay, so that's what we got on that front as far as that. We've got one more video to play after that, and then uh, we'll see here. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, don't you just love on-the-air editing, guys? Okay, so, all right. Oh, yeah, and let me go ahead and pull my ugly mug up back. Okay, guys, so then also here, um, we'll talk a little bit more about that whole, because we we're mentioning this Christy St. Laurent, and she's the one who got the ball rolling, since she pantsed the whole election for everyone there. I'm sure they were very excited to be nice and exposed. They're like, dang it, Christy. Um, uh, so there was that uh, confirmation there that if, all, if the contest is undervoted, a fold through a vote target can create a vote. And none of the 65 ballots um, were marked for Christy St. Laurent, but the machines interpreted 25. Oh, let me show you guys that one real quick. So... <laughs> Christy Saint Laurent. Okay, so let me go ahead and expand this for you guys. So, and I'll expand it up here as well. Okay, so now as we said, Christy lost. Now, here you can see she got 25 votes, right, according to this. But what they had found was, uh, and this is this is from the Winden New Hampshire, New Hampshire auditors, like Mark Lindman, Harry Hursty, and uh, the other dude. Uh, what was his name? Let me see if I can't get his name real quick, because that way I feel more, I feel more complete. You know what I mean? 
Oh, okay, I can't get his name. It's okay. I'll just go. I'll go on the show incomplete. Okay, so um, according to the Wyndham, New Hampshire auditors themselves, they said that they ran an experimental confirmation that if the contest is undervoted, a fold through a vote target or through a candidate's bubble can create a vote. So none of the 65 ballots were marked for Christy St. Laurent, but the machines, because of that fold in her vote, interpret it as 25 votes in her favor. So that's pretty interesting. So they actually, they did some chest runs and, and they did no votes for Christy, but they folded through her bubble and the machine gave her 25 votes. And that was 65 to zero, guys. And she ended up with 25 um, of those votes. So that's pretty interesting right there. Um, so again, this is all going to show... We know it's malfeasance. I saw you there in the chat. But, um, you know, it, it, right now, it's they got to hit them in the, uh, I don't know, the nonpartisan, uh, the nonpartisan pocket. You know, they got to hit them right there. Because that way, it won't seem as if though people are just trying to flip the vote and install president trump and who knows in the end he might want it to look fair as well after all that way they can't go and uh uh attack him later on with with their little uh, tantrums and, and hissy fits right okay so let's talk a little bit more about this whole thing with christy saint laurent the auditors currently suspected that the folds of the lines in the ballots being scanned fooled the machine into thinking that the candidate whose name appeared on the fold was supposed to receive that vote now this is what the auditor, Mark Lindman, you know, that BOSSOB uh, who supported um, shutting down the Maricopa County audit. He said on WMUR TV, something they strongly suspect at that juncture based on various evidence is that in some cases, fold lines are being interpreted by the scanners as valid votes. <gasps> yeah, don't say, huh, Mark Lindman. Interestingly enough, uh, they're actually able to report on what's going on there in real time, uh, where everyone in Maricopa County's uh, signed a, a, an affidavit of secrecy. Well, not an affidavit, has signed a letter of uh, a letter of secrecy. Uh, now, um, again, Christy Saint Laurent seems to be the one whose uh, name comes up most in this, uh, and she told WMUR TV, "Wherever the fold happened to be was, I guess, most commonly through my name." <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. Right, lady? Uh, so the auditors explained it. Uh, this is Philip Stark. That was the name of the other guy, the other auditor, Harry Hursty, Philip Stark, and uh, and um, uh, this uh, Mark Lindman guy. Uh, Philip Stark said, because if someone voted for all four Republican candidates and the ballot happened to have its fold line going through St. Laurent's target or her name, then that might be interpreted by the machines as an overvote, which would then subtract votes from each of those four Republican candidates said, oh, so he already knew. This guy, this Philip Stark, yeah, I guess that's what he found. Conversely, if there were no vote, if there were not four votes already in that contest by the voter, a fold line through that target could have caused the machine to interpret it as a vote for Christy St. Laurent. So either way, Christy St. Laurent was coming out on top, um, even though she she failed by 24 votes in, in, you know, this whole scheme of things. And it was a scheme indeed. Don't don't get that wrong. Um, so uh, let's see. Uh, they talk more about this whole this whole um, overvote and this whole folding uh, um, situation that seems to happen. 
Harry Hursty also said test decks prove that folding across a vote target is misinterpreted as additional votes. Yes, so it's going to be run into the grave. Now everybody knows that if there's a fold running through these machines, it makes the machines totally unreliable and they will cast the vote in a way that is wrong. Now, uh, there was a, um, a, a, an article by Dr. Dave Strang in the Gateway Pundit where he kind of gave some analysis of this. He said, so far this much we know, we do have a machine problem there in New Hampshire. Let me go ahead and put this back up on the screen. Uh, over in New Hampshire, as folds in the absentee ballots can cause their machines to erroneously record a vote if the fold goes through the oval for a candidate. In hindsight, it was no coincidence that all four of the Republican candidates who were short voted, um, who were shorted votes, were shorted almost the exact same amount, approximately 300 votes. What was a coincidence was that the candidate who improperly gained the votes, Christy St. Laurent, also gained a multiple of 100 votes when it was discovered that she had incorrectly received an extra 99 votes. It appears that the discovery of the fold or the crease issue was due to the unique position of the New Hampshire House of Representatives race on the ballot being right at the junction of the middle and lower third of the ballot where a crease could cause this issue. Because the New Hampshire House race is on the same area of the page in each town, we have looked at machine tape results from several other communities, but have not seen the same error rate. What we have seen, though, is that many towns have bizarre date and timestamps on their machine tapes. Two towns, Londonderry and Amherst, set one of their machines to zero, and council and counted ballots on October 17th and October 23rd, respectively, 17 and 11 days before the election. Yes, an incorrectly set time clock could count could account for this. But why is this an issue in two of the four towns they have checked? So that sounds interesting. Like, I don't know, maybe if they were able to inspect those machines further, they'd see that they had a secret election on the 17th and the 23rd, and then they let the vote, they let the votes ride on election day or, you know, through that. Anyways, it goes on to say also on several of the other Londonderry machines, they set the machine to zero around 11 p.m., four hours after the polls closed when all ballots should have already been entered into the machines. They, ran, they then ran final tally tapes three hours later. Were there observers for each party still in the room when this was being done? Many hours after the polls closed is the question he has. This is also this also is not the only machine problem that was discovered, as not all of four window machines incorrectly read a crease through a candidate's oval as a vote. In fact, of the four window machines, the one that was purchased last and is therefore the newest was the one that miscounted votes the most. It was also discovered that this machine is the one out of the four that has gone the longest without being recalibrated. So the activities at the audit on Monday and Tuesday are designed to look at the innards of these four machines to see if dust or electronic issues can be causing the difference between these machines. And indeed, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the forensic audits of the machines began today, 
Tuesday the 25th, and that's what they are looking at. Uh, I saw a video earlier where they had like one of those little tiny cameras that was, they're literally inspecting the inside of the machine, and they're going to start to do their forensic audit of the machines over there um, using an endoscope, endoscopic camera, that's what it's called, uh, to, inspect the in, to inspect the inside of the machines, and also while they're doing that, um, to copy the memory cards um, by a crop scanner, um, they're stating that each of those would take about 90 minutes to get through. So let me go ahead and pull this baby up for you. Now, this is the website that you can go to if you would like to view the uh, forensic audit live stream of the New Hampshire, Wyndham, New Hampshire audit. Now, that is at uh, www.doj.nh.gov slash sb43 slash index.htm. Yes, guys, they don't make it easy for you like they did in Arizona. azaudit.org, easy enough. But then again, they had some people putting some heavy money into that, some patriots putting some heavy money into that. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But okay, so here we have the website. Let's go ahead and see what's crackalacking. Let's, let's go BP. You know I love you know I love being a peeping Tom over here watching these audits. Let's see if it's still live. Oh, they're talking. Let's see what's going on. That was the time when we knew that we have to reorganize the working hypothesis we have. And that's the moment. Well, we have been, we have been, we have... things which can happen it might be right now snowing somewhere in new hampshire i don't know what i'm saying what i'm saying is that we have to we have to look what we have we have the score marks which are absolutely right place in every ballot so there's no systemic failure and then then we have this folding machine which is which we have no knowledge that anyone else has been and by the way since the volunteers are town clerks i have been asking from them most of them say we're handfolding. So that's another part of that. So is there a someone in somewhere in New Hampshire using a folding machine? I don't know. But when I have a conversation here and asking, are you using a folding machine? The answer is no, we are handfolding. Yeah, well, it's the whole thing is that's why we are gathering data. We are still gathering data. This is not over. Thank you. Yeah. Before, yes. Yeah. And, and one of the things I also showed you, and I think it's relevant to the conversation that we have, and I just like to respectfully push back a little bit, if I may, is the folds in the ballots correlate to the data as it relates to blanks and overvotes. So, in particular, in Windham, we had machine one, two, three, and four. And I showed you by way of example the presidential race garnered approximately 57% of the vote on machine one, three, and four. However, only 42% of the vote on machine two. And that anomaly also had another anomaly associated with it, which was the overvotes to the blanks. On machine one, we only had 18. However, comparatively, we had 292 on machine number two. And I believe it was 
I went ahead and uh, paused it because I hear there's not good audio, good audio on that. Oh, well, that was live, guys. That was live going on now in uh, Wyndham, New Hampshire. Uh, so, again, if any of you guys want to check out what's going on over there, doj.nh.gov slash sb43 slash index.htm. And you can go ahead and check out uh, this live stream of the audit going on in Wyndham, New Hampshire. Now, again, this is set to end in two days. So clearly they did not get Jovan Pulitzer in there to do this forensic audit. Clearly, Harry Hursty, who's the guy that was there with his uh, his his uh, his white uh, undershirt, T-shirt, um, been there all day, I'm sure. Uh, it's like if they can't get one... Uh, you know, uh, cuddly, uh, overweight nerd guy uh, to do an audit. They they have to get you know someone else. It's kind of like what they did over there in in England when they had that bozo, uh, that Boromir guy, <laughs> Johnson. <laughs> anyways, uh, anyways, okay. I had a quick question from someone in uh, the the uh, they may have left already. Quick question from someone over at the Twitch because we're about to move on from the uh, New Hampshire story. We're going to start talking about Georgia next. Someone was asking what this is. Um, what is the fist poster? <laughs> this is not a Black Lives Matter, guys, or even a Gay Lives Matter. It stands for Kids Lives Matter and Pedophilia Now. Um, that's what that is, in case anyone's wondering. I'm not putting out any kind of subliminal messages for people to follow or to tag along to. But yeah, I got that hanging there right now because Kids Lives Matter, y'all. All right, guys, let's go ahead and get into Georgia. And all right, there's the George flag. All right, so what's going on? We don't have a whole lot to recap on Georgia, of course. With everyone, we we've been talking about it since like maybe oh well, since like last week actually, uh, when it was starting to come out that uh, they were going to be doing this. Now I didn't, I did not find anything on that uh, that um, serving that uh, uh, Christy Taylor, I think her name is Dr. Taylor uh, Taylor, um, who's running for state senate. Uh, no, 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 no. 
governor. She's running for governor. Uh, I didn't find anything on that, how she had uh, served um, um, Raffensperger and, uh, and uh, Brian Kemp over there. But if you may recall, we did cover this, um, this uh, legal lease uh, last week on Friday. Um, so on Friday, we covered this and that had to do with um, the uh, Judge Amaro um, granting that the petitioners won, um, what was his name? Garland Favorito and Voter GA who are requesting to get those ballots signed. You know, just a real quick recap on what we covered Friday. It is hereby ordered that petitioner's motion to unseal is granted to the extent petitioner's request that they may be permitted to inspect and scan the November 3rd, 2020 election, uh, sorry, a general election absentee ballots that are sealed pursuant to whatever state of Georgia law that is. It is further ordered that petitioners shall only be permitted to inspect and scan said ballots in accordance with protocols and practices that will be set forth by further order of the court. Counsel for the parties should appear on such and such date, May 28th. So what is that, on Friday or Saturday? On Friday, they will be there to appear, um, all parties at that same ballot location, so they can go ahead and get underway with that. Now, of course, a lot of people were breaking uh, breaking the news about that. We had just a news saying Georgia judge allows Fulton County absentee ballots to be unsealed, uh, reviewed firsthand. Now, don't forget, guys, all of the articles that I reference or cite in the C-Report, I will drop in my Discord at uh, the end of the show, uh, including the videos and the photos, too, if you'd like to see that. It'll all be there so you can see what I'm citing um, uh, during this process. Uh, the uh, Just the News um, article said that initially Amero had allowed the petitioners in March to access um, scanned images of the ballots, but the attorneys for the petitioners argued in court that the resolution was too low to perform proper analysis and needed to see them firsthand. Um, and then it says forensic, uh, forensics expert David Sawyer told the court that he had identified a discrepancy in the number of ballots batches received from the Dominion voting system software compared to the number Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger's office had um, listed as having been examined in an audit. Now, we know Raffensperger has been uh, an evil burger during this entire process, and, you know, he's really shown the kind of snake that he is uh, and the kind of person that can't be trusted. Um, there was, a, uh, at the onset of all of this, uh, a legal document that I had not seen but have here for you guys was an amicus brief, an amicus curiae brief that um, Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger had filed in order to keep the petitioners, you know, one Gary Favrito and um, uh, voter GA, away from to disable their ability to get their hands on even the images of these ballots. Now, this is what the amicus brief had to say. Uh, listen to that. It says... Um, as state's chief elections official, the secretary has an interest in protecting the confidentiality, security, and integrity of ballots and other elections materials that petitioners request in their motion to unseal. While the secretary takes no position of the merits of petitioners' underlying case, he submits this brief to advise the court regarding, one, the requirements under the Georgia Elections Code for maintaining the confidentiality and security of ballots, and two, recent updates to the Georgia Open Records Act that allows for the public disclosure for ballot images, not uh, only uh, for the public images of ballots only, not the actual ballots. 
The secretary respectfully requests that the court permit pe uh, petitioners to inspect ballot images only and deny petitioners request to inspect and scan ballots. This result is consistent with Georgia law and appropriately balances petitioners' interest in inspecting ballot images with the state's and the public interest in maintaining the security and integrity of confidential ballots. So he was like, yeah, you can't actually get the ballots to scan them. A little further down, it says petitioners have submitted to the court a proposed order granting their motion to unseal, which would grant petitioners sweeping and unprecedented access to all ballots. Petitioners request that all ballots and ballot images be unsealed and petitioners be permitted to remove the ballots from their legally required secure location within the Fulton County Clerk's Office and move them to a third-party location of petitioners choosing. Petitioners also ask that ballots and ballot images must be released to their custody and that the court permit them to scan ballots with unauthorized equipment not intended for such use and to conduct their own independent tabulation of votes. However, there is no basis under the Open Records Act or the Georgia election code for such unfettered access to the confidential ballots. And again, down here, it says the Open Records Act specifically exempt, exempts documents that by law are prohibited or specifically exempted from being open to inspection in the general by the general public. Now, the rest of this amicus brief is 13, it's 13 pages long. So obviously, we're not going to go through all of that. If you'd like to, it will be in my Discord post show. And then we had the response uh, from Garland, Favrito, and Party, the petitioners for this. Now, we're not going to read through this, but basically what they had to say here is that everything that he said was a lie, and all of it is uh, is supported by uh, legal documentation, including, including, I guess, a more accurate interpretation of the Georgia Code that uh, Raffensperger was quoting. So again, you know, in these, in these uh, instances, and uh, basically in any instance in life, I think, if you ever come across uh, someone who's just, you know, very litigious, they will throw these, uh, throw these uh, lawsuits out. Uh, I think they're just for chilling effect. They're just to intimidate, um, or maybe just to see if... Uh, uh, they can pull one over on you because they move forward with it. And of course, Judge Amaro has now granted them access to get into the actual ballots. Will they actually be hand counting them? It doesn't sound like it, but it does sound like they will be able to scan the ballots with equipment that will give them a higher reading or a, a higher ability to actually read through, um, you know, this stuff. So I find that pretty interesting. That's where Georgia is moving by way uh, of this. Let's go ahead and look at a quick video. Uh, it's an interview. It seems like Bannon is popping up more and more on this pro, uh, this program. Huh? I know some people don't like that. I don't like the word program myself, honestly, but, uh, you know, for the show, for, for the show's sake, uh, we got Bannon on here again. Um, he's, I guess he's finally dipping into this election stuff. Now he was late on Maricopa County. Um, so he's going to, I guess he's going to try and pick up things, uh, going forward with Georgia and, and of course, like we heard with other states. So let's go ahead. Um, I guess let me know in the chat if the, uh, audio is not running well on this and uh, we'll see what we can't do on my end to adjust. Uh, when you just said about the video that was there, and I realize that's maybe not totally tied to what's going to happen next, but Raffensperger has been on CNN, MSNBC doing play by play on those videos saying that the, the people don't know how to what election process is they're all idiots they're all morons and you just said he's not telling the truth just for our audience Raffensperg is held up by msnbc and cnn new york times as you know he keeps saying it's the most yeah. secure election in the history of georgia yeah. uh, he got into a big confrontation with the president when you say he's not telling the truth 
What do you mean by that, and how do you back that up for our audience? So I'm sure it's going to get into arguments with friends okay. and, and, and family members, etc., who yeah. say, hey, you guys are a bunch of hardcore Trump wingnuts that are just obsessed yeah. with this topic. Well, I didn't, of course, as you know, I didn't vote for Trump. So, but I'm on the, so a couple things real quick. Um, the, uh, if you look at that video, say from the video, there are at least four violations of Georgia law, election transparency law. You've got uh, ballots hidden under skirted tables. That's both violations. A curved room where the monitors can't see around uh, to the other side. You've got duplicate scanning of ballots and there's no, no problem with the scanner jam. Um, you've got people still counting after they told uh, the folks to, to go home. Uh, that they were, well, then maybe you know they told the folks the scanning was going to stop for the night. So you got all that, but let me let me leave you with I'll leave you with this one classic example of Brad Raffensperger's uh, integrity. Uh, on on the WSB TV report uh, on Friday uh, when they interviewed me, he came on with a statement, a written statement that said he supported our audit. And on the very same day, he had the assistant attorney general in court arguing to try to stop our audit. That's the kind of liar this, this office is. It's not, I don't think it's him personally, but this Secretary of State's office can lie without conscience. And they've done this all well, you're being very. I think you're being very kind to Mr. Ravensburg. Before we go, real quick, about 150,000, a little less than 150,000 ballots being inspected. The difference in Georgia was 15,000. Is that correct? The final difference when it came down to the county was, okay. the, was the about difference was actually 000. under 12. It was under 12,000. Oh, it went down that way? And it was about 17. That's right, because they found 3,000 ballots. Wow. Okay, yeah. Garland Fabry, how do, real quickly, Garland, how do people follow you on social media? What, what's your, what's your, uh, what's your, uh, on, online, what's your site? Uh, yeah, it's actually voterj.org, uh, not .com, but uh, we, it's at sign voterja, Twitter, Garland, uh, um, and then it's Facebook, we have voterja. Uh, we're still on there for, for right now. Um, and the website, voterja.org, um, is our website, and um, uh, there's a wealth of information up there, um, Steve, and, and thank you again for having me on. We really appreciate everything that you're doing to try to find out what happened in November. It's all you. And remember, Garland's nonpartisan and did not vote for Donald J. Trump. Okay, Garland, thank you very much. All right. So that was that little clip. Now, uh, there was, so in addition to Judge Amaro granting, um, granting access to these ballots uh, for, um, you know, Garland Favorito and company there. Uh, they do have some other support. Uh, now, another guest on Bannon's War Room, but we're not going to play any clips on that one. Uh, John Fredericks, who is also another radio host. So it's kind of cool when radio hosts can cross streams, right? Um, it says, uh, he said, we now have two state senator Republicans uh, by the names of Beach and Jones. So Senator Beach and Senator Jones, who are calling for the Georgia Bureau of investigations to be side by side with the forensic analysis looking at these 147,000 mail-in ballots were the ballots uh, were the were there counterfeit ballots is the question six affidavits now and they had four uh, so they had four okay they had four affidavits where in those four affidavits it said that they the people who signed them witnessed 30, oh wait, sorry guys. It said that the people witnessed 30,000 fake ballots. So of the 147,000, 147, uh, there were 30,000 fake ballots, four signed affidavits. And now they're saying there are six signed affidavits making that same statement.
So that is saying that 30,000 of them are fake. So that's the main question here that uh, John Fredericks was making in that point with that some of that, uh, I guess, some of the clout that comes with a, a state representative. Uh, it says somebody printed them up on a machine and ran them through a vote counting machine that are not real and that are not attached to anything. So huh, it was probably it was probably Stacey Abrams that had them do that. <laughs> she probably like, oh, we just going to make copies of these ballots. And then that's what she did. Probably. I don't know that it's true. Don't don't uh, pen me for it. I'm just, um, you know, making fun speculation here. John Fredericks reported that Georgia Senator Burt Jones may also call a special session to consider decertifying the votes in Georgia if it is determined that there are ballots that were counted twice. So that's big news, obviously, because they're going to push through in Maricopa County through with this audit. And, you know, it was it was originally slated to end on the 14th. And now they're looking at sometime in June before the end of June. But I mean, it's 2.1 million ballots, y'all. So, I mean, they're a quarter of the way through now with this one. No, there's no telling how quick they'll move through this audit, although I believe it is set to start in June. Um, uh, you know, if everything goes forward and there's not a whole lot of legal bottlenecking, like, you know, how they like to do their lawfare, very possible guys, very possible that we will see that happening in Georgia. And there's no telling how quickly they'll move through those ballots. After all, they're only going through 147,000. You figure Maricopa can move through what that of what 500,000 in about two, two weeks, two and a half weeks time. Maybe they could finish this up, uh, in about two weeks time once they get started and if it is found to have votes counted twice and i'm guessing they're meaning because there's those counterfeit ballots they just xerox copied them could you imagine if they did a full forensic audit in georgia like they're doing in arizona the scandal is scandalous as they like to say in the south um yeah so we'll see what happens there decertification of that election would definitely rock the boat and you know Someone likes me, like me, we like shaking up the status quo. That stuff's fun sometimes. But anyways, okay, so that's pretty much all that we have on the uh, Georgia election at this time, uh, election audit. Now, yesterday, um, when we were doing the show, uh, we were talking a little bit about the America Project. Uh, let's see, let me pull it up on the screen real quick so you guys can see it. Now, the America Project, uh, and it's really fun where this goes with the America Project. The America Project, this is the nonprofit that is actually running and funding the Maricopa County audit in Arizona. Now, uh, the people behind the America Project include people like General Michael Flynn, who's currently, like, he won't declare it, it's, it's not named, but the man that General Michael Flynn and others, including, uh, including uh, all of our favorites that we'll be seeing this weekend at the uh, Texas Round Patriot Roundup there at Gillies in Dallas, um, they're actually uh, including including Sidney Powell and Mike Lindell and stuff like that. They've actually put a, a man in charge of the America Project, so to make donations that would go towards funding the audit in Maricopa County as well as all future audits. And they're also going to be doing uh, legal battles over COVID, over the vaccine passports. Like they're an America First nonprofit organization run by patriots. 
Uh, and, and this information dropped out of the Arizona Republic. Now, I've been following these guys for a while. So, like, I, I mean, I've been uh, Patrick Byrne is the name of the man um, who is uh, who is behind the America Project, um, who was asked by General Michael Flynn to take over that. Because, after all, Patrick Byrne, what has he got on his hands? He's a former CEO of Overstock.com. He's a billionaire. He's a self-proclaimed patriotic uh, hippie or liberal. Uh, he's more of a classical liberal liberal in my opinion. Um, so anyways, I just thought I'd bring this to your attention again. That's the AmericaProject.com because there's also an American project out there. But this is the one that is, is funded by the Patriots. Now, uh, Patrick Byrne, I, I mean, I toot his horn a little bit because some people don't either don't know who he is or they think he's you know, some kind of shill. Um, he's, he's funded to the tune of $5 million, the Maricopa County audit, and then also did a $2 million match uh, uh, a few weeks ago uh, for anyone that wanted to send their donations to help fund the audit. Um, and so uh, that was reported in the Arizona Republic because everyone's like, where's this dark money coming from? We're, we're getting money from nonprofit organizations. It doesn't matter when George Soros does it, but it definitely matters when you have people like Patrick Byrne and Mike Lindell and even even Sidney Powell. She didn't put in $5 million, but she, from what I understand, put in, you know, uh, at least six figures into that audit as well. So um, that's the America Project right there. Uh, you know, you can go check it out. Now, the fun thing about it, um, the America Project, so for those of you people who may not know who Patrick Byrne is, but he's being put in charge of this by people that we know and trust. They're also the ones who are organizing this uh, <clears throat> May 29th event through the 31st that's happening in Dallas, Texas, where some of our good friends at the Foxhole family will be. Um, so I think that's actually kind of exciting. So, hey, Team America, let's go for it, right? Okay, so um, yesterday on our program, we went ahead and aired uh, a part of an interview where Patrick Byrne was uh, speaking with um, uh, Tori uh, Maris about uh, about some of the things that were going on in Arizona. And it, I mean, they're friends. So like it was it was much more of a, a, a casual type of sit down. So, you know, they start going off into a whole bunch of things. Uh, so I didn't air the whole thing. What I am going to do now is uh, we're going to close up the show. They're going to be talking about um, they will be talking about um, uh, Arizona and some of the stuff that's going on there and other things. And I just thought I'd share it with you guys so you guys can kind of get to know who Patrick Byrne is. Um, also on my personal YouTube, uh, you can see um, some interviews that Patrick Byrne, not Bergie, uh, Patrick Bergie is another patriot who's bringing down the uh, IIA Internet, Internet Ac Interactive Activity and all of the people who use that to shill others. Uh, he's bringing that. He's bringing that to the table. That's who Patrick Berge is. But Patrick Byrne is someone else. And uh, so anyways, we're going to go ahead and uh, uh, air the rest of this interview, not in, in its entirety. I mean, it's like, it's a pretty long interview, but we're going to go and take a listen to it. So you guys can kind of get a taste or a flavor of what that's all about. And then uh, I will see you guys on the other side of the coin. What do you think about that? We have a question about the elections. So we're seeing that a lot of things are happening in, in Arizona. What's happening right now? Like, what can you tell us is happening right now? Right now, everybody's taking the week off because the stadium is being used for high school graduations. Everything was locked up and sealed. The other side is schizophrenic. On the one hand, they're, they're saying things like, so the kinds of things that have been happening to, that they create complaints, they came out, uh, you know, they... they somebody saw one 
Oh, I guess as they were getting set up in the stadium, some journalist, activist, or somebody was able to sneak in the side door, and they got inside. Well, actually, they snuck in, or they were in, and they got ejected because they were identified. Then another time, they snuck in the side door. They were in for like ten seconds, and they got confronted. Well, all these stories appeared. The stadium's not secure. Open entrance ballots are. Well, the ballots hadn't even shown up. The machines hadn't even shown up. And you can go back a few weeks and see those headlines, and they all excluded that fact. They all. They all ran stories about how the stadium was insecure because this journalist was able to sneak in. They left out that he sneaked, snuck in for 10 seconds and got caught and that there were no ballots or anything there yet. So they're doing everything they can to stigmatize the process. There are live cameras on everything. I th and they had some viewers, you know, there's thousands of people watching this stuff at home. This is real transparency. And somebody saw one of the workers bring a floppy drive onto the floor and stick it in the machine. Well, several people, there's a, if you're watching the cameras or through the internet, you see some mischief, you can send in, the, there's an alert system they sent in, and the tapes were found, and they were rewound, and the fellow was found, and he turns out to be perfectly legitimate. He's an IT guy, and he had a reason he was carrying, you know, it was a specific, it was all kosher. But the system worked within 35 minutes. The fellow was identified, everything was reviewed, he was identified, he was confronted, and all was totally legit. So to me, that's, that works. Or somebody saw a blue pen on the first day. Well, there aren't supposed to be blue pens because anywhere on the floor. And so, again, I think that got called in, and the person, you know, the blue pen got taken, anyone else with a blue pen. So any, any startup, anytime you start up a process, there's going to be something like that. The other side makes this huge deal about it, leaving out the, the, the backstory that these are actually trivial incidents that get correct, you know, and there's just a handful of them that got corrected immediately. The, the floor is running beautifully, I'm told, the actual process and everything. Everything, you know, you also start off slow, and then as you settle into it, people get better and better, and the thing starts picking up. So it's moving faster and faster, is my understanding. And they're also moving to do they they very quickly imaged all the hard drives so they were able to return all the machines early on um so everything is there's a there's i don't know the details but there's a template that the that the guys running the audit the the cyber ninja group agreed to with the senate and and they're just going through that in a methodical way it looks like they're i think i heard them say that they would be done by the end of june i just heard them say in a public but there may be some chance it speeds up. There might be pieces done before then. Uh, and there's already such irregularities. There was what's happening right now, really, this week is the they were supposed the Maricopa County election people were supposed to appear on Tuesday and, and ask answer questions to the Senate. And on Monday, they had a press conference of their own and where they threw a hissy fit and they raised some objections that I have to say sounded like they might be interesting or compelling um you know they said we did these people say they didn't we we didn't supply an audit trail well we did supply the audit trail and so there's a well it's things like that but on tuesday they didn't show up but the auditors showed up in front of the senate and they answered what the county had said on the previous day and it's clear the county is in misdirection mode they are flailing and they're in absolute misdirection so for example the county did provide a trail, a chain of custody covering from when it left, you know, from when it was in the Maricopa County Election Board okay. to it getting moved over to the stadium. But the entire consolidation of everything from the precincts and the districts and everything like that up, up how the stuff got there and the drop boxes, how it all got to the Maricopa County Election Board, 
they have not provided that documentation, which well, is, of course, really important. Well, um, that's that. I, I have to tell you something. Tons of tons of what you were just saying was being typed into one of the groups. So right right now, as you're speaking, I've got people on the back end of the internet, the free net, and the Tor network, asking a ton of questions about the elections. But then Twitch, that has over four thousand three hundred, wants you to circle back to FEMA camps. So hold on a second, guys. Let's just stick to the elections for a second. So here's what here's a question. Tori told us you're not part of Cyber Ninjas, right? Correct. Um, so why are why am I hearing that you're part of Cyber Ninjas? This question was posted by four different users on four different backend platforms. Next question was, Tori no, told us that Cyber Ninjas are independent of Patrick Byrne, but are they independent from General Flynn too? Tori says they were, that they're completely independent contractors, 100%, 100%. but other people are saying otherwise. Can Patrick no. Byrne clarify? So can you clarify if they're linked to you or General Flynn? No, 100% uh, not. I'll walk through it. My book describes how before the election, I fell in with a group of dolphin speakers and technical people and such. And, uh, and then the election... And then in the weeks and months after the election, more showed up. In that process, say in December or January, I crossed paths with a guy named Doug Logan. I met him. We shook hands. We had a couple-minute conversation, so on and so forth. That's all I ever uh, – that's it. I never paid him or anything like that. However, somewhere in those months – so I use terms like geeks and dolphin speakers to refer to technical people – because they like to get together and they squeak to each other in language that no one else understands, like TCP IP on the NSF mount. <laughs> you know, and so that, I call that dolphin speak. And and the, the rest of us humans sit around and just wait it out patiently. Well, I, another hurt term I heard bandied in that time was cyber ninja. And I thought it was another term like dolphin speaker. And I started using it interchangeably with dolphin speaker, just right. to be another. I call person. myself a cyber ninja too. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Really and I and I, when, even when I wrote my book, I dedicated it to the cyber ninjas, and that was February. I at no point at that time I was not aware that there was actually a company somewhere called Cyber Ninjas, and that that fellow whom I had shaken hands with on a few different occasions, I sat with him once and talked for five minutes and understood his story, uh, told him a joke, uh, that I. That and I, I realized he was a guy doing it for entirely the right reasons. Like me, it, he's not. He's doing it just because he thinks our country is under assault and this is the end of our country. Mm-hmm. And it's not that he's some big Trumpian, but he's a huge fan of democracy and a huge fan of you know elections. And I did not pick him up at all as even a. I mean, he like me. We joked about one of the things we joked that if this had been the next day, if we woke up on November fourth and this had happened to Biden. We've been both, both been knocking on the door of the Democratic Party. So he's that kind of a guy. He's just a straight up. Uh, he's a, I also like to say, technologists, you know, how do you tell when you're, how can you tell when you're speaking with an extroverted software engineer? You ever heard this one? No, go. Tell me. That's because he's the one who looks at the other person's shoes as he speaks. Oh, <laughs> as no. opposed to a normal software engineer who speaks with his own shoes. Right. So he's a, he's a, he's an extroverted software engineer to that extent. But he's a, He's just a quiet guy who does application security. And that means they look in the actual lines of code. And, you know, this is not an audit like any other audit where they're just, you know, 
turning machine on as they hold a couple buttons down and it comes up and says internal test complete machine runs fine yeah they're, no, they're checking at, hey, the, t- the testing that is done that says it's complete they're yeah. looking at everything but the thing they're is looking at lines of code and that's what he's so i want to emphasize that nothing to do with him i've never paid him nothing like that i've only crossed paths been two or three times he's not when i speak of cyber ninjas and dolphin speakers and such in my book i'm not even thinking of him i'm not including him but he was just one of those people who can't he was I never met him until well after the election, but he was one of those technologists who kind of swarmed in and started crossing paths with me. Right. So basically what the media is trying to do here, right, because I refer to myself as a cyber ninja. I actually think I have a T-shirt that I gave one of my daughters that had a ninja that was uh, the knife was filled with code. Right. So it's like, (laughs) yeah, it's an older one. And it's like math is hard. So don't code, right? And that was to like, it was slaying, you know, fruity people. It's, it, it's really not politically correct. But anyway, you know, we refer to people that know how to, you know, manipulate code and, and, and crack systems as cyber ninjas. Um, so now what the media is trying to do is take those words, which are how we dub others in that field, and say because a company is named Cyber Ninja, that they're actually not partisan, they're part of your group or they're tying in a General Flynn or even President Trump. So that way they can debunk the audit. That's basically their game plan here. That's what they're doing. Am I wrong? They're They're trying to use words to, to try to discredit it and tie the Cyber Ninjas group to you. That's their ploy. Is that what they're doing? I, I'm I think so. Up. I don't pay attention to the news. I mean, I this is what they're saying I'm in the background. Living, are they, I'm too busy yeah. living it to write, to, to read anything about it. Are they connecting me and saying that I'm behind cyber ninjas or something? Right, yeah. Well, that's just what's so dumb. But here's another thing. I have A guy other... from the Daily Beast. This guy from the Daily Beast. Oh, my God. Will Somner. Let me tell you something. This guy, just say the word Q, the letter Q, and he'll start foaming at the mouth. Oh, really? Yeah. How does he feel about blue and on? Oh, my gosh. He just doesn't I've heard like of this conspiracy any... called Blue and On. Oh my a bunch of Democrats who <laughs> trying to sell sell a theory that there's they're trying to sell a conspiracy theory to the world called there's a Blue and On group. Oh my gosh! Just tell him Q. Say if if you ask him a question, you know, just be like Q told me. That's all you have to do, and he'll break out and have seizures and spaz. The guy is. He's gonna be listening yeah, to this. I, yeah, I know him. he is. He watches. He watches and he listens. Dude, Buzzfeed. Let me tell you something. Buzzfeed was on my on my show because they're the ones that reported that oh we found joe biden's venmo in like five seconds and it was private and it's like no you didn't because i showed all the interactions that hunter biden sarah biden joe biden and jim biden did with their venmo so it's not really private but they locked it down and what they wanted to do was they created the story that it's locked down don't worry but it only took them 10 minutes to find it that's because it was on my show by the way i was showing the qr code i was even salty saying paypal and venmo Ban me, so now I can't even send a dollar to the president or <laughs> or Hunter and say you guys suck. You know I can't even send them one just to laugh. And um, suddenly they create this narrative saying stuff like, "Oh, we found it and it's locked down," to squash the stories that are going to come out of it because that stuff is in Hunter Biden's laptop, right? Where yeah. Joe Biden's venmoing him money 
um, to buy things, and then he set, spends it on crack and whores. You know, that's that's a story right there. Look, the Joe Biden, life. yeah, Joe Biden just sent his son twelve hundred dollars, and ten minutes later, he paid this chick for services at Plum Island in Massachusetts. You know, and then bought himself some crack with it too. Like that's a big story. That's a story. Right? I thought Plum Island was in Long Island. There's two of them. There's two. There's a Plum Island. That's the Plum Island that they're moving into Kansas, dude. Copy. That's the one. But Plum Island. Mouth disease. Right. Yeah. In the middle of cows, of course. Sounds like a great idea, doesn't it? And then there's Plum Island in Massachusetts where every year dead women turn up and no one's talking about it. And it's the playground of Democrat senators and even Hunter Biden and that creepy psychiatrist. But no one's looking into that. It's just like, I think the local news there have stopped reporting on the dead women washing up on shore. Right. Um, because it happens almost every year. But anyway, but th- let me just stick with the elections a bit. Everyone's like driving me nuts with FEMA. They said, um, why did they say that they didn't want to give the routers? No, the, the the question that I have for Patrick is they said they didn't have the passwords, but they also said that there was a lot of personal identifying information and personal health information of voters on the routers. Is that true? Why would such information be on a router? And even if they didn't have the passwords, why didn't you guys just crack them? Well, lots of things. For one thing, uh, lots of good questions there. So the routers, they are denying turning over the routers, and that's because they're hiding something. And I think what they're hiding is how many. We know how one of the elements of the, so there's a cocktail of cheating, uh, and the cocktail was mixed differently in, in each of the six states. But it was the same cocktail and, uh, of elements. And one of those elements is a cipher attack vote flipping but it turns out the cyber attack is not sophisticated man in the middle packet switching packet sniffing blah 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 deep inspection kind of stuff it is it is something more anyway it was more basic than that and how it was done uh would be shown if we showed that okay when somebody came through when this administrator at this at this uh when this administrator an administrator came in and moved some votes at, you know, 1117. And by checking through the router, we see that so-called administrator actually was coming in from Xi'an. Uh, that would be quite an important thing to know. That's why they can't turn over routers. That and other things like that. There's all kinds of people, I think, uh, logging on with credentials that aren't theirs. And so that we'd be able to see that in the routers. The, the myth, it's actually kind of a confession for them to say... That that information from the voters is in the routers. When it shouldn't be, right? Is acknowledging that they've been saying the whole time, no, 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 these things don't connect to the Internet. Well, if they don't connect to the Internet, how is the the special voting data, how is it in the routers? Yeah, and how is personal health information there? Sounds like a data heist. Yeah, but the thing is, why don't we just get our hands on it? I mean, we can pop out. Well, I'm not going to say that. But I'm pretty sure we know someone who knows someone who knows someone who knows someone that can crack that in a heartbeat. Yeah, but they won't turn the route. Well, they, and the passwords, that's another thing. They don't have them. (laughs) They say, we don't have them. Dominion has them. And so, first of all, that puts the lie to something else they said. They said that they had an, they, they ran their own audit in February of these machines. And the audit 
showed there was well uh showed everything was okay well they that okay so how did they run that audit you must have given them the passwords and they say no we didn't give that group the passwords uh well if they didn't have the passwords there's no way their audit counts for shit if they weren't able to inspect exactly exactly so that so they're they just thrown out the validity of their own august from their own uh audit from february in addition they're also acknowledging that Dominion has the that Dominion has the passwords. If they had the passwords, they were administrating the system. Well, did, and this, did, did, is, this is turning up all over the country, by the way. This turned up somewhere else. It's in uh, Ohio too. I have yeah. some sources that have been working on the ENS and Dominion machines here. Yeah. And uh, yesterday, while I was en route to this little little city called Minot, North Dakota, I know they it. were like, "Yo, we got it. They they don't have the passwords either in Ohio." It's the same company, credible. ENS. Yep. I, what I wanted to show was ESNS and Dominion don't so have the passwords. Yeah, they have it. In the background, man, not the county election officials who mm -hmm. are voted in and hired to do the work, but the actual management of the election is being done by these companies, and we're not being told that. They're yeah, and they're foreigners, them. too. And they're foreigners, so that's even and funnier. Right. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> lying. They have been lying to us about it. Now, in this password snafu, they've had to reveal. But if they don't have the passwords, that's because Dominion has them. That's because Dominion is actually behind the scenes managing all this equipment, which tells me. And you know, you, you can go on the social. We have media. no control over our elections. Uh, go on, and go on the social media. Do. Some of these Antifa goons, and they're like, yeah, they're some of these Dominion goons. They're like Antifa. They're hate group kind of guys. Yeah, so, they're nuts. Yeah, so it's a, it's a, we've, I mean, yeah, aren't they in contempt of court though right now? Because even a user um, that broke from the FEMA chat in Twitch said they're in contempt of court for not turning over the routers, yet no one arrests them. Yeah, well, what they need to do, the Senate needs to audit, uh, to, the Senate needs to subpoena them. Well, why can't you guys just tap the sheriffs? They're above everybody. They're above the local police. The, except the sheriff is a George Soros elected Oh, sheriff. so he's, oh, excellent. So now there's a movement to get him recalled. Turns out you can recall a sheriff yeah, in Arizona. Yeah, of course These guys, this, they played the long game. They played the long game. They have their own sheriff. Yeah, they have just like George Soros has these DAs like who want to, you know, who are just but and so do we need help on that? I mean, I'm pretty sure the the Arizona group here can get moving on this sheriff recall. I mean, what about the deputy sheriffs? Are they all corrupt? I mean, their sheriff is, they but they amongst them, the yeah, but they they know that we're going to. No, we're feeding them. We're getting there. Don't worry. We're four yards in a cloud of dust. Four yards in a cloud of dust. I like. That. I thought that the fellows when they testified on Tuesday were too deferential. Instead of saying things like, oh, what was one point they raised that, uh, oh, here's a big one. There's kajillions of, of replacement ballots that don't have a paper trail. So how it's supposed to work is if I feed your ballot into a machine and the machine rips it or something, so yeah, I, I get authority for a replacement ballot. I take your ballot, I record the six-digit number on the side. I record, I think there's three other pieces of information I have to record about it, all onto the replacement ballot. Then we use the replacement ballot. Well, guess what? There are, there's mountains of replacement ballots in Arizona that don't have any corresponding ballot that they replace. In other words, they're just manufactured. So I, I think I may, I may have this wrong. Don't quote me on this number, but I may have heard that number is like 112,800. I, I may be mistaken. Don't quote me on that, but you should research that. You know, I don't know what 
Trump, well, it would Biden won by in Arizona at 10,000, but if there's 112,000 ballots that are like that, that and that's just one, that's just one ingredient. That's just the sprinkle of cinnamon on top of the, uh, on top of the drink. Well, you know, you know, you know, I was actually thinking of, um, emailing, you know, uh, Garrison, um, you know, who makes the cartoons, he needs to make a boat of the Democrat Party and the rhinos and have holes in it where they're sinking because they've got the elections, they've got the Nazism, then we've got Kamala Harris in bed with the cartels but doesn't go to the border. Like, what's that about? Right? Um, because there's paper trail of her getting a ton of money as AG of California from the cartels. And you know, with these elections, they're pretending they're not, they don't exist. No one's talking about it um, as if it's not going to change, right? It, it's like a never-ending battle. This is how the people feel. And I, it's important that we clarify to them that there is, um, there are avenues and things that we are doing in order to ensure that we can fix this. Like you said, the sheriff, right? So there's a recall movement on the sheriff. Um, there's a lot of stuff we have on the actual people that ran the elections that is just, I mean, how were they there? Well, I think what, what's going to happen is enough of this gets thrown into doubt that eventually enough states are going to pull their electoral votes and they, they were just going to demand, uh, that they retract. Well, we have to do votes. that before this and election you, though, because it's oh, not no, going to change. Happen. I think that's going to happen. Happen in August. It's going to yeah. be a red October, man. That's going to be yeah. crazy. That's going to happen because there's more and more, you know, I'm in touch with very, well, I'm in touch with people who are being contacted by other states, other counties, and other states saying we want to organize an audit too. And these are like, these are senators and such, um, and attorney general, attorneys general and things like that. So, you know, we, so to do this kind of an audit, you know, these guys talk through their hats about, well, these guys are certified by the EAC. Well, that's exa- that's exactly right and good for it because I know. we don't trust that entire chain. That entire chain is getting audited, really, mm-hmm. is what's going on because they sign off on all this garbage. And they fraudulently edited, you know, documentation, the EAC did, that is. But I, let me ask you something. In every election, there has to be a quorum in order for it to stick, right? Uh, yes. Let's pretend that we had elections in 2021 now coming up in November and less than a third of the country turned up. Would that nullify? I mean, if they don't no, fix it and, and no everybody decides, that's the question that I have. There's got to be something that says, you know, what if only 10%, because that's about how much 20% voted for clowns like Biden. But what if everyone said, you know what, we're not sending ballots, we're not going to vote because we don't trust the machines. That's a terrible you know? idea. That's no, a terrible no, idea. Because well, half, Repo- half of people... Like Republicans would follow that, and half wouldn't, and then the Republicans would get crushed, and the Democrats get to say, "Oh, exactly," because the Republicans don't organize like the left. The Republicans, yeah, the Republicans don't organize like the left. That's what you're saying, because if it was on a Democrat side, they would all abstain from voting, but on the right, people would still do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think that's a good idea. We don't want to abstain from. However, I think you're going to see this summer enough breaking out to start being public movements in America to re- pull their electoral votes. And once enough have been polled, if the state legislatures do that, then people, you know, if he drops below 270, then we're in a situation where there is no president who had, 
who has a majority of electoral votes. Now, can that be done retroactively? I don't know, but it's the kind of thing the Supreme Court will have to take up. But if the Supreme Court punts on this, if they punt on this, then, then you know, at the end of the day, it's at the end of the day, we can't win if, if there's not any set of conditions that will make the Supreme Court say, okay, this is offensive to the Constitution. Right. Well, you know, I, I hear a lot. And we'll end it there. Okay, guys, I hope you, I hope that was mildly entertaining for anyone, anyone anyways watching. But yeah, that was uh, Patrick Byrne on Tori Says. Uh, she had the interview. He goes on there from time to time. He speaks a lot more than he used to. Um, but he's, uh, I don't know. I saw a whole bunch of different type of chat going on in the, in the uh, chat room. I'm not going to make, make a comment on it towards either way, but needless to say, this is the man who's funded the Maricopa County audit. Uh, if he puts his money where his mouth is, that's good enough for me, at least for the time being. But I followed Patrick for a minute. And then also, um, uh, also behind, uh, the uh, Patriot roundup that's happening in Dallas, where most of the family in the foxhole will be at. So who knows? Maybe Patrick Byrne and Tori says will appear in Dallas. That would be kind of cool because, uh, they move in those circles. But anyways, guys, oh, another quick answer. Uh, someone asked what link I dropped in the chat room. Um, that is a link to my uh, podcast um, for the C-Report. So in the event that I am not doing a live stream for the C-Report and you'd still like to catch the C-Report, you can head over to the anchor.fm um, where I do my podcasting, or you can subscribe on any podcasting platform that you listen to. Uh, the C-Report is on everything from the tract and belabored, uh, you know, iPodcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, um, all the way down to the the unknowns like Himalaya, Blueberry, um, and a whole bunch of other ones. So you can follow it there wherever you'd like. Um, it's at anchor.fm slash thexpodcast. That's T-H-E-E-X-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. So you can keep up with the C-Report in the event that I'm not live streaming. We'll still go ahead and have the podcasts running. Uh, you can catch yesterday's episode, episode number 82. It's live on there now. I just won't be live whenever you get to hear it. All right, guys, I'm going to go ahead and head out for the night. Thanks for tuning in. I had a good time talking with you all uh, about uh, what's going on in these election audits. We'll see about when we can get some more programs, shows up and running. And... Um, yeah, we'll take it from there. In the meantime, y'all, have a great evening, have a great night, and uh, God willing, we will see you tomorrow. It'll be a better day tomorrow.